0: Let's go ahead and turn in our scriptures. Amen. Thank the Lord for his goodness. Praise God. Anybody know he's been good to you? Folks, if you're you're still breathing, he's been good to you. You made it here tonight. He's been very good to you. Praise God. you get to have your own Bible, He's been extremely good to you. If you've experienced His salvation, He's been better than good to you. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to go to the book of Galatians fifth chapter, verse number 22, Galatians, the fifth chapter in verse 22, no doubt you will be familiar with this portion of scripture, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, when you have it, say amen, praise God. Paul is writing to the church of Galatia, but no doubt his words apply to you and I tonight. Amen. But he says, but the fruit of the Spirit, everybody say the fruit of the Spirit, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Praise God. Tonight we're going to begin to revisit our study on the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. Uh, Pastor, you've taught on this before. Well, guess what? I've preached Acts 2.38 before. And we'll keep preaching it. Folks, until we we get to heaven, until the Lord calls us home, there are going to be things, challenges, issues of life that are going to uh, challenge our relationship with the Lord that are going to continue to put us to the test. And this is the, uh, the part of the characteristics or the distinguishing marks of true Christianity. If we exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. It's the part of the evidence that someone is truly a follower of Christ. Now, we understand that when we come to the Lord, that, that we uh, uh, find that, that place of Salvation, in repentance, baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost uh, as evidenced by speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Praise God. But that is initial salvation. And at initial salvation, when we are filled with the Holy Ghost, there is an evidence that comes with it. Praise God. Folks, you need to be need to be convinced about that because i'll tell you this this world or more properly i should say much of what we would call christianity don't believe that and everything we can see from the book of acts is that there is an evidence that happens when somebody receives the gift of the holy ghost okay and so so that is That is the evidence of the seal, the evidence of the promise that His Spirit has come not only upon you, but to live within you. But there is a continued evidence. Amen. Folks, we we are not once saved, always saved. You don't just get to to experience salvation one time and, and that's it. We've got to keep walking that path. We've got to keep living that way. Amen. And so, uh, as such, Paul uh, tells the church, he gives them the evidence, tells them what, what fruit they need to bear as evidence of the Spirit continuing to abide in their lives. Amen. Jesus put it this way. In Matthew chapter 7, in verse number 16, he said, You shall know them, by what? By their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. Anybody ever had bad fruit? Every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. Amen? A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit, what happens? It's cut down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, he says, by their fruits, you shall know them. By their fruits, you shall know them. Folks, fruit doesn't just happen with a one-time experience. You don't get to plant the seed and all of a sudden it's there. It takes time. It takes watering. It takes uh, uh, pruning. It takes help for that Plant that tree to bring forth good fruit. And so the same is with our relationship with the Lord. Is that just because we, we receive initial salvation and there, there's evidence of that, that is essentially the seed being planted, but now we've got to grow in it. Now we've got to continue to develop in our relationship with the Lord. And as such, there needs to be fruit along the way. Evidence that the Spirit is continuing to abide in us and we in it. Amen. Jesus taught that the outward manifestation of a person's life gives the unmistakable representation of their inner condition. Good or bad. Amen. As a tree can be known by its fruit, Others can know, and so can we, our relationship with God by simply looking at our lives. Amen. The sum total of what we really are is reflected in the things that we say, the things that we do, the life that we live. Our words, our deeds are an outward sign, an outward manifestation to everyone else revealing our inner character. Praise God. Now the example of trees and fruit is not a new thing. Paul is not introducing something new that people were unfamiliar with. Uh, they had been used to seeing, uh, at least those that he was he was speaking to Jews uh, who who uh, would would understand this, but also even Gentiles who would understand even part of agriculture agriculture continues to be used in the scripture to provide example and illustration of spiritual things and so it's not a new thing trees vines and fruit have all been used to illustrate relationship with god and with others it provides comparison and likeness of what we are to be and what God desires for us, and how He wants to use us. Amen. Old Testament examples of trees and fruit we see in Psalm 80, verse 8. The psalmist says, Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt, thou hast cast out the heathen, and planted it. Amen. We understand that that, uh, when you remember... What God did there, God brought his people out of Egypt, praise God, cast out the heathen and planted them. He gave them a land of promise and planted them. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 21, he says, Yet I had planted thee a noble vine, wholly a right seed. How then art thou turned into the degenerate plant of a strange vine unto me? So you see both good and bad in what God is speaking through his prophet Jeremiah. That you, you were good. You started out right. Just like if we receive the Holy Ghost, if we uh, receive initial salvation, we start out right. But if we're not careful, if we let the, the love of the world, the cares of this world sneak in and creep in, it can turn our hearts. And so that which began as good can end up evil or a strange vine, as Jeremiah said. Hosea chapter 14 and verse 6. The prophet writes and says, His branches shall spread, his beauty shall be as the olive tree, his smell as Lebanon. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn and grow as the vine, the scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon and so we again see agriculture trees vine fruit being used as example but uh seems like uh, none quite compare maybe to Isaiah Isaiah chapter 5 verse number 1 we're going to read a few verses here he says now now will i sing to my well beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard my be- well beloved has a vineyard in a very fruitful hill and he fenced it gathered out the stones thereof so we're seeing how how he tends to the field how he tends to the vines and planted it with the choicest vine built a tower in the midst of it also made a wine press therein he looked that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes so the efforts that were being put in were not bearing the type of fruit that was desired And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, between me and my vineyard, what could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge, the protection. It shall be eaten up and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down, and I will lay it waste it shall not be pruned nor dig neither uh, uh, but there shall come up briars and thorns i will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it for the vineyard of the lord of hosts is the house of israel and the men of judah his pleasant plant and he looked for judgment but behold oppression for righteousness but behold a cry and so we see that god himself speaking through his prophets is using these illustrations in isaiah's example is the, the vineyard that everything was done to to produce good fruit but in the stubbornness of their heart and the disobedience of their living they be, they didn't produce the 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 uh, grapes that they were supposed to they, they put forth wild grapes in other words uh sour so he said what i'm going to do is i'm going to take down the protections i'm going to take down the hedge i'm going to just let it let it grow if it's going to bring out thorns and thistles it's going to have all sorts of things that that are not going to provide for a good production of this vineyard and he compared that vineyard to his people amen jesus told us and we read it already in matthew chapter 7 that you shall know them by their fruits. You shall know them by their fruits. Now Paul views Christians in their lives as the, as the gardens from which the husbandman has spent love and time and may expect positive results. Romans chapter 7 verse 4. He says, Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, That you should be married to another, even to him who who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. That we should bring forth fruit unto God. Amen. In other words, there, there needs to be a harvest from the vineyard. That's us. If we are going to be known by our fruits, what type of harvest is going to come from you and I? Are we going to bring forth sour grapes? Are we going to bring forth good fruit? And so Paul, he doesn't just start in in the the text in Galatians chapter 5 with the fruit of the Spirit. He actually started by giving a, 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 a negative comparison first. A negative illustration. Amen. And uh, he likens corruption to bad fruit. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 in the King James, he says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, Variances, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now let me read you that in a different translation, just to help you understand some of those, those bigger words that we don't necessarily use that much anymore Galatians 519 this is the God's Word translation says now the effects of the corrupt nature are obvious the effects of the corrupt nature are obvious in other words are like like King James says manifest you can see them illicit sex perversion promiscuity idolatry drug use hatred rivalry jealousy angry outbursts selfish ambition conflict, factions, envy, drunkenness, wild partying, and similar things. I've told you in time past, I'm telling you again that the people who do these kinds of things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. It's obvious. It's obvious. Now, folks, we're living in a world that is, is trying to blur those lines It's trying to tell you what's good and what's bad in other words if, if you believe this then that's bad but what they, what they want to propagate that's good you can do what you want to and anybody that tells you different they're not tolerant unless of course you're proclaiming truth that you're you're still wrong. That's what our world is trying to do to us. They're trying to to take the good things, the good vineyard, and and bring corruption into it. And unfortunately in Christianity we are seeing that. Now I'm using Christianity very loosely with that type of of description, but we're seeing that where, where things are just acceptable where what the world is trying to propagate is acceptable. Now, don't don't misunderstand me. We're going to talk more about the individual fruits of the Spirit over the coming weeks. But we understand we, we hate the sin and love the sinner. I don't have to uh, not just agree, but I don't have to approve of what... And, still, and, and let that affect how I love you. But what happens is it becomes obvious. That's what Paul is saying, is it becomes obvious. The works of the flesh are obvious. And just like the works of the flesh are obvious, so is the fruit of the Spirit. They will know you by, their, by your fruits. And so we need to identify sin in our lives so it can be rooted out. We need to uh, help others, to identify sin in their lives, so it can be rooted out. And we do so, we speak the truth in love. Now Paul wrote in Ephesians 5:11, that those who walk in darkness are living unfruitfully and he admonishes us to avoid relationships with those who are unfruitful. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. He says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Rather reprove them. We struggle with that. We still want to have those, those same relationships that That we had in the world. We still want to keep the fellowship. Even though we're in the church. There comes a time. That certain relationships need to be cut off. There comes a time that certain influences. Need to be taken out of your life. Just like vines, just like trees, just like plants, there needs to be a pruning that happens for the Christian. We're told to cast off the works of darkness. We're told to cast off the old man and put on the new man. All of these things, from the world perspective, they they work against the Christian who is trying to walk in the Spirit and who is trying to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Amen. Amen. That God's Word translation puts it this way. The spiritual nature. The spiritual nature produces love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such. He says there are no laws against things like that. Spiritual nature produces. So what we've seen in Paul's writing, is works of the flesh and spiritual nature produces. Which are you cultivating? Which are you cultivating? A fleshly nature, a carnal nature, or a spiritual nature? The spiritual nature produces good fruit. Amen. We're going to define and discuss each of those over the next number of weeks. Uh, But uh, I encourage you, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait to start producing that fruit. Amen. And so I take you to uh, the book of John, chapter 15, verse number 1. I encourage you, just because I taught six years ago, don't check out on me. We've got to reiterate, revitalize our relationship with the Lord. Walk in the Spirit and produce the fruit of the Spirit. John 15, verse number 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more Can you, except you, abide in me? I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. So shall you be my disciples. If you abide in me and I in you. You might remember that in this type of illustration it begins with submission that word that we like to say in Christianity but don't like to live out it begins with submission the relationships that Jesus indicates here in in this portion of scripture is the husbandman to the vine the vine to the branches and the branches to the husbandman it's the husbandman that works His will on the vine. It's the vine that works His will on the branches. The branches are to produce fruit. For who? For the husbandman. The branches produce fruit, glory of the husbandman. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Do it all for the glory of God. And so the branches produce fruit to the glory of the husbandman. And when the branches don't produce, they are cut off and cast into the fire I don't know, about you, but I don't want to be that branch. But there is no fruitfulness without submission. Without submission, you are severing yourself from the vine. Without submission, you are cutting yourself off from the life giving. Uh, uh, Flow of the Spirit into your life. It begins with submission. The vine is planted, brings forth shoots for the growth of the branches, and the production of fruit. And without submission, there is no production of the desired result. The husbandman. vine the branches amen remember jesus praying in the garden he said if if it's okay let this cup pass from me nevertheless not my will but thine be done he was the vine spirit the husband we are the branches begins with submission the husbandman is the originator the developer the the glorified the spirit the vine is the source of life for the branches provides protection from the fire provides power to be fruitful and the branches Here we are, you and I, we can't bear fruit of ourselves. If we don't abide abide in the vine, we'll be cut off. And so what you must do as the branches is abide in Him. His word then must abide in you. And as such, when that happens, God is glorified. We need the flow of the Holy Ghost in our lives. That's why Paul, he didn't just stop by saying the fruit of the Spirit is and give the list. But he said if you live in the Spirit, you must also walk in the Spirit. There needs to be a flow, that life-giving source that comes from Him into you and I. So we must abide in Him. This is a subject that carries far greater impact upon uh, our relationship with God and our, and our relationship with, with others around us than what appears on the surface. You really can't imagine what what these next number of weeks are going to do for your life if we put the fruit of the Spirit To work in our lives. Or let the Spirit, I should say, work in and through us. I hope that we've not been around the church for so long. That this is ho-hum. That this is old hat. But that we can really seek to try and apply what the Word is trying to teach us. What the Spirit is trying to do in us. Because these fruit, when they work in our lives, they are the bridge that will link you and I together, that will keep us connected to the Lord as as far as bringing glory to God, but also benefiting those around us. Also being a light, being being a wit to the world around us, friends and family and co workers seeing the fruit, the evidence of God working in your life. The quality, the character of the Spirit in our lives should be the very nature of God in us. It will be the very quality or character of the nature that was in the true vine that flows unhindered into the branches of that we can bring forth much fruit. Much fruit. Notice in that portion of Scripture, he goes from bringing forth fruit to bringing forth fruit to bringing forth much fruit. I want to be one that brings forth much fruit. Jesus had just observed the Passover... He just washed the disciples' feet. And he tells them to arise in John chapter 14, verse 31. Let us go hence. And on his way, when you end chapter 14 and begin chapter 15, he's on his way to Gethsemane. And he sees these branches everywhere along the way. And he decides to give his disciples one last object lesson. He tells them, I want to tell you something as he looks at his disciples. His last object lesson he says I'm the true vine. My father is the husband. That's to be your relationship with me. And he proceeds in verses 1 through 11 of John chapter 15 to talk about his relationship with you and your relationship with Him. From John 15, 12 through uh, verse 17, He talks about your relationship with others. In uh, fifteen eighteen through verse 25, He talks about your relationship with the world. And in all of that, He tells them, if you abide in Me and I in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. He described, uh, described it as a branch and a vine. abiding is more than just casual contact (laughs) it's more than just the occasional visit it's more than just a Wednesday night and a Sunday morning it's continual residing it's residence, it's living there it's where you dwell isn't that what the psalmist said I think we read it on Sunday he that in Psalm 91 he that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty Paul said in his sermon on Mars Hill he says in him we live and move and have our being you've got to understand that you have to live and dwell you are the branches he's the vine you have to stay connected with him And in that connection, through that connection, by that connection, you not only will abide, but he will flow in and through you. In John chapter 15, there are eight times that the word abide comes up. It means to dwell, to take up residence, to never leave. It means that pain does not separate you from him. Panic does not separate you from him. Death does not separate you from him. Isn't that what Paul said somewhere else? Who shall separate us? It's talking about being connected to the vine. And there's a lot of people that are dead simply because they have cut themselves off from the vine. Just like plants have soil and fish must have water, there there is no way that we can survive spiritually without being in right relationship with God. What happens is, is that people get dependent upon church to carry their relationship with God. folks I've said it before and I'll say it again church is not for you to survive your relationship with God come to church that's where uh, teaching that's where yes you'll get some some faith lifted but but when you come to church It should also be about reaching others. But I'll tell you, you can't reach for others if you're so worried about your own soul. If you're barely surviving. When you come to church, you shouldn't have to be repenting. You should already have done that. To abide in Him means to have a relationship with Him that carries beyond Sunday morning and Wednesday night. To have relationship with Him in your home. To know what it's like to kneel by your bedside or or at the, the couch or at the dining room table. To open up the scripture in your living room and dining room. That's what it means to abide. To abide means to live for God when you go out into the the world and on your job. To not be one thing there and another thing in church. We can't have that mindset in church. If we have that mindset, we will not produce the fruit that God wants us to produce. It's a day-by-day relationship with God. You've got to stay, live in God's Word, walk with Him in the Spirit. Praise God. And you will produce good fruit, spiritual fruit. That's what we're talking about, is the fruit of the Spirit. got to have the spirit dwelling in you paul said that all things were created by him and for him both visible and invisible everything that was made and everything that was created including you were made to be his visible and invisible There's a reason Paul could say that I could do. I can do all things through Christ. What'd you say? Who strengthens me? Who strengthens me? How did he get that strength? He was abiding in the vine. He knew what it was to dwell with the Lord to have a daily relationship with Him. You've got to be connected to Jesus Christ. You've got to keep the branch connected to the vine. Amen. Folks, He wants a closer relationship with you. He wants a closer relationship with you. I don't like asking if you're praying enough. Because enough means that there's a, there's a stopping point. Are you reading the word enough? And it implies there's a stopping point. How closely do you want to dwell with him? Are you abiding in Him? And so what we do is we submit ourselves, our will, to His will. Being connected to Him. And that makes us fruitful. Submission, connection, equals fruitfulness, equals sustenance. Amen. Amen. And understand that your connection is not just you to him. Folks, we got branches all over this room. We've got branches that are watching and worshiping with us online. And we're all connected to the same vine. Praise God. Praise God. I want people to come to this vine expecting to be able to receive fruit. And the, the fruit should be the same across the board. With our brothers and sisters in here, our brothers and sisters that are at home, the fruit should be the same. If we see the fruit not born on other branches... Or withering. Renew that connection. Revive that connection. Fruitfulness is not about you. You're going to hear a lot of that again in this series. You're probably remembering that right now as I just as I said that. Fruitfulness is not about you, you don't eat of your own fruit. The fruit that you you. Uh, present is for somebody else to the glory of God Amen Let's stand together tonight If we're going to change our world we've got to begin by allowing ourselves to be changed Say that one more time If we want to change our world, we have to begin by allowing ourselves to be changed. Don't be so stubborn that you can't change your habits and your desires and the way that you live to draw closer to God. We must abide in Him so that He can abide in us and we can show Him to the world. Your fruit is not yours. Your fruit is not for you. Your fruit is evidence for the glory of God and for the benefit of others. Now, the final aspect of being fruitful is that of multiplication. You ever bite into the apple just a little too far? Get that seed? It just ruins the whole taste of the apple. That's not part of this illustration. Inside, in the the center of that apple, is the seed that that produces more apples. The seed is in itself. As we produce fruit to the glory of God, that benefits others. It will cause more fruitfulness and multiplication. Praise God. I thank God for what He's doing in our congregation, for the souls that have come into the church. I thank God for for the the new uh, babies in the Lord. I thank God for it. And in that, there is fruitfulness that has happened. There is multiplication that is happening it can happen not just in here it can happen in your families on your jobs it can happen in in the grocery stores on the streets wherever you go it can happen everywhere there's a seed that flows from the fruit that is produced the natural course that god created the fruit carries the seed in itself, not for its own preservation, but rather for the multiplication of the fruit. Amen. We've got to be careful that we don't want just the goodness that God gives to us and keep it for ourselves. We don't need seedless watermelons. We don't need to be seedless watermen. me put it that way. There needs to be a multiplication factor that flows from the children of God. The commands given to Adam and Eve, the same to Noah, were to be fruitful and multiply. Amen. We're not talking about multiplying necessarily in the natural, but God wants us to look higher, to look into the spiritual realm we live in the spirit you must also walk in the spirit amen let's pray tonight thank you God for your goodness thank you God for your mercies upon our lives thank you God for your spirit Lord that works in us and your word that speaks to us I pray God tonight that you would help us help us to understand Lord that, that we must abide in you Every day, God, not just, not just when we come to church, not just when, when we're live streaming, but God, every day in our homes and on our jobs, everywhere that we go, that we are living and walking in the spirit. Lord, I pray tonight, help us to understand the importance of bearing spiritual fruit, of bearing good fruit, Lord, that brings glory to you. God, I pray today, Lord, that the fruit that we bear, God, will benefit the world around us, that it will it will show who you are, Lord, to our coworkers and our families and our friends. God, I pray tonight, Lord, that you would help remind us Lord, that we must continue to be in submission to you, to abide in you, to let your spirit flow in and through us, God. I pray, encourage and strengthen us, Lord Jesus, through your spirit. God, move us, Lord, and lead us, Lord, by your spirit. I pray, God, today that through this, through our relationship with you, God, that we would begin to see this fruit again be born in and through us. We give you praise. We give you glory tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. Dismissed in Jesus' name.